Hi, my name's Dominic. And I'm Parker. And welcome, everyone, to Craft Brews and Tons of Cartoons. Just a couple dudes sipping brews, talking tunes. And this week, we are going to look at one of the most popular sports anime to date, Haikyuu. So grab a beer and let's get started. Oh, uh, man. So this one was a trip. Not going to lie. <laughs> That's yeah. good. I'm glad. We'll talk more about how you feel about it since this is your first time viewing it. But, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't read the title, obviously we are talking about Haikyuu, the sports anime for sports month. Last week was Cars. This week is Haikyuu. We're going to have some fun because this is definitely one of my favorite anime to date. All time. Who knows? So being such a big fan, what's your beer for haikyuu this week that's a great great segue because my beer is from sloop brewing company in hampton new hampshire new hampshire people what's up and i have the beer called confliction dry hopped sour ale it is 4.8 alcohol by volume and i chose confliction because our two main characters are always in some sort of conflict with each other, whether it is sports-related or just being annoyed with each other. Indeed. I also picked a very character-driven beer. I picked from Stone Brewing Company, the sublimely self-righteous Black IPA. That is a really great choice. Let's crack these babies open, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. On my end, it is very clear on the inside. You can see right through this baby. You can see my hand on the other side of the glass. Not a lot of astringency. And when it came to head, barely any head. It is already fizzled out. So kind of a lot of nothing. Very cider-like, if I may say so myself. In terms of sniffing notes, it's got that hint of sour, kind of a little citrusness to it but at the same time folks my nose is a little stuffy so i apologize if i can't give you the best description of the notes as well as i could i apologize but it is 70 degrees out in nashville it is close to summer weather we're gonna get there in like a month i'm not kidding but god right (laughs) yeah so i decided to go with this sour and it is the 2016 world beer cup gold medal winner for best american sour nice i can appreciate that real quick on my end it's honestly a very deep amber if i'm going to be concise about it it's like a little bit of red notes in there but it is like very very dark but you are getting a little bit of the red Mm -hmm. in terms of It actually got a pretty good amount of head on there. Still got some bubbles and definitely getting a good, pretty hoppy scent to it. This is definitely going to be a very hop forward beer. It's going to be interesting. The only other black IPA I've ever had is, um, well, let's click it and sink it real quick and I'll make a, I'll make a comparison. Sounds good. Let's clink it. Dink and sink it. Hmm. 
Mm, that is interesting. It's very hoppy on my end. Definitely hop forward. Definitely got a... Actually, not hop forward. Kind of more of a... It kind of hits you and then it lingers. But it's also very bready. It's very interesting. Almost, It's like, it's not like pumpernickel. It doesn't taste like oh. pumpernickel, but it has a similar bite to it. Pumpernickel bread sounds so good right now. <laughs> but well, how's yours how tell me how it um how would pumpernickel pair with a confliction dry hopped sour well it probably wouldn't pair well to be honest but i gotta say it deserves a gold medal this is a very nice sour ale and hmm. it's got a little acidity to it not overpowering very drinkable very crushable based on how i'm drinking this right now it's inviting. It makes you want to drink more. It's not overpowering on the sour flavors, yet it's very light in terms of the taste. So it's just a really good summer beer, in my opinion. And honestly, it's hit the spot. So I'm very impressed with uh, Sloop Brewing. And this was the first beer I've ever had from them. I think they deserve that you know, gold medal for American Sours. And yeah, I'm very impressed. It's not crazy soury, yet it's not the lightest thing in the world. It's a great mix, and it's probably the one of the best sours I've had in a long time in terms of just pure sour, not a flavor behind the sour. You know what I mean? I got you. That makes sense. I was going to make the comparison with Strange Days Black IPA. They're kind of Japanese or influenced one that oh, has the yeah. black peppercorn and the kind of soy sauce ish. I'm making it sound grosser than it is, but it tastes better than it than I'm making it sound. People, that's been like my only other black IPA. This is not as like flavorful as that. Mm-hmm. It's very much leaning on the hop. So that is, it's good. It's amenable. You know. But yeah, you'll check us out on Untapped a little bit later on these. Me at par underscore quad and at Dominic at D Molner. There you go. So, high Q. Hell yeah. So, in case you haven't been living under a rock, High Q is a manga series originally written and illustrated by Haruchi Furudate. It follows Shoya Hinata a high schooler determined to become a great volleyball player despite his small size and the volleyball team of his high school, Karasuno High. The manga was a smash hit and spawned an anime television series produced by Production IG in April 2014. And we are going to be talking about that specific anime. And to really emphasize how influential this manga, this anime was in 2012 around the time a lot of uh, Japanese volleyball high schoolers weren't playing volleyball. Then this hit manga comes out. It rises. And more people are going to play volleyball than ever before. And then the anime comes out. And then, this is a real statistic, more people joined volleyball clubs than people who graduated part of those volleyball clubs graduated from them yeah. yes this was in an nhk study documentary about the influence of haikyuu on japanese volleyball and that is like a major turnaround there's that kind of 
fairly famous graph that's associated with it that's just like high Q's goes down it's going down it's going down and then there's a little arrow that points up it has high Q premiered here and then it goes up and up and up and up and up and up yeah it's a it's nuts to think that that like had a complete turnaround for the high school sport um in japan right and when we think about this more and more that for the nation of japan anime is so influential especially to young people to children growing up that get shonen jump or sueshi suesha or suesha what have you whatever the official name of it is and all these other mangaka and it's incredible how influential a form of media can be or a form of literature can be to an entire society to entire culture so it when you see that graph initially it is mind-boggling how much of a huge incline it had but as much as we'd love to talk about the cultural influence of Haikyuu, we can't really we can't speak to it especially well here let's right. be honest but, but i think we can, what we can't speak to is why so many kids were affected by it and that's because it's a damn fine piece of work I'm glad that you... makes it sound worse. That makes it sound bad. No, but it, it is quite good. So I know this is one of your favorite anime of all time. I get the feeling that like you put Sports Month together so we can talk about Haikyuu. You know, also because Wrestle, also because WrestleMania is this month. But you know what? You got me, buddy. You got me. You, you you're pointing me out. Yes. So for a blast. while, on certain tuning ins or anytime I've had the opportunity. I have mentioned Haikyuu, and to me, Haikyuu is by far the best sports anime that I've ever watched. It's also a really good slice-of-life anime as well, yet it combines the elements of shonen media to it as well so it's kind of got three different genres all just jam-packed together all matched in together yeah i think i get what you're going with there and we'll and we'll talk so more yeah, about that in this yeah. bit but how i came across it was i remember i think it was around 2016 in the summer this was around the time that season two was finishing but i i didn't know about it I see this picture of these volleyball guys, and this was after I fully read Kuroko No Basket mm-hmm. and watched the anime. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm into sports now, you know, I'm into sports anime. Cut the sports anime bug. Yeah, and so I click on it, and I'm like, wait, it's about a short guy? And guys, I am five foot five, <laughs> and I relate to Hinata's troubles so much. Granted, he has more ability than I do, but god damn it, I'm pulling for the kid. And I just fell in love with it. And volleyball was the last sport I thought would make a really great anime, but by god, it is a great anime. But we're not talking about why I love it. We're going to check out Parker's initial thoughts because this was the very first time you ever watched or seen anything Haikyuu related. Yeah, so, I mean, I've definitely heard of it, mm-hmm. to be clear. Like, I like knew that this was a big thing. I just never, like, w- and certainly it p- 
piqued my interest more than once, especially, you know, when you brought it up, uh, it's, you know, it's been very much a very popular thing over the last, like, seven years at this point. Mm. And it, I was like, okay, I mean, this definitely sounds cool, but also I'm like not a sports guy. I'm also like very weird when it comes to shonen anime because I'm, I'm, I'm always kind of like, do I want to try and get into this? You don't know how long it's going to be. It could be one piece long. Do you really want to like get into Naruto again? I mean, that ended, you started reading that in grade school and ended when you were in college. Do you really want to do that? Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I finally you know, bit the bullet this time. I was still a little cautious about it because it's a, the first season is 25 episodes and it's like, it's like twice as long as I usually do. The first few episodes were not my favorite just because they were on the slower end. I'm still getting used to this, like three manga chapters to an episode structure that's in there that kind of slows it down, kind of like makes you feel like you're getting like three arc structures in one episode. But I got to say, once when they got into the, in, in like the practice game, was when I started turning around. It's like, okay, this is getting interesting because like everything's starting to come together. They start looking at the other players, and and then like kind of by the time we get to where the team is actually getting built up, and you know it's still very much about Shoyo and Kagiyama, but the it becomes more and more of an ensemble. Mm-hmm. Um, that's at that that's the point at which I kind of like okay, I'm in at this. I'm getting I'm getting pretty involved at this point. Uh, let me. I think it was like episode eight that I was like, okay, I think I'm getting into this. And especially by episode nine, where we get um, the Nekoma or like almost yeah. the Nekoma. Yeah, kind of getting uh, to that point, uh, we get introduced to Asahi and to Noya so that that really works. And we also just get like, like the animation's generally good the whole time, but like that is the episode where it like kind of all clinches together and it's like okay this is like a slow burn initially it's very character centered i'm here for the ride not necessarily for the destination Mm -hmm. like i said we'll talk about how this does training arcs and that fact but after that point i got really into it uh i was to say really into it but i definitely like it got a lot more enjoyable, especially as it kind of got into this good thread of going in between the training arcs and then the uh, tournament arcs. And then like the tournament stuff is like, like I got, if it, if it wasn't hooked before, like the tournament arc stuff really brought me back in. Awesome. So, you know, I'm going to let you know that if we do Haikyuu season two, that is also 25 episodes. So take that with a grain of salt. But season three is 10 episodes and season four, which was the one that just came out when it aired, it split up into two kind of sections. So, and they were both 12 episodes per part, but technically as a whole season four. So, and I think, I think I know, I think I know why season three is 10 episodes because it's all one game, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's be very interesting to look at just because of how I mean, if we're going to talk about structure real quick, the fact that I mean, it's very much I definitely got to feel like this is a slow burn mm-hmm. at this case, because it starts off the first few episodes start off. You get to know Shoyo. Well, I mostly know him as Hinata, but you get to know Hinata, you get to know Kagiyama, you get to like they become better teammates and then you get to know the rest of the team and that kind of like 
you know, once you get past episode five, then it covers Noya and Asahi more and kind of their, their hangups, well, mostly Asahi's hangups. And then you get to go into the practice matches and them trying to like reclaim them, like get back on better footing, understanding of how to coalesce as a team. And then kind of the latter half of the season, you get the fall prelims. Yeah, fall. I think, well, I think it's spring preliminaries because then the next season is summer. Sorry for spoilers. Okay. <laughs> I you know, I mean, it's like hard. To, it's hard for me to keep track because the um, Japanese, the Japanese school, school year, year Japanese <laughs> Asian school years are weird. I will say, I'll, I'll let you know that now. It's um, like a whole year, and then to... it's like two month breaks and different yeah. spurts. Yeah, because they actually go to school in the summer for some reason, or they do trimester, something, whatever. And yeah, at that point, I was just kind of like on board. But like I said, at that point, I was like, once I kind of figured out that that was going to be the thing. And certainly when we got past this part where um, Kageyama and Hinata are teammates and they're kind of like have their groove going, that definitely got me in because one of the big thing, like and one of the lauded things about the show is the characters and oh, how yeah. awesome they are. And the fact that there's like no character you can expressly dislike. I think what's really great about the volleyball aspect of this mm-hmm. show is that, personally speaking, with certain sports, sometimes it could be there's the one star and then there's, like, the side guys, which I think is what really kind of hurt Kuroko no Basket for me, which, they, I mean, mm-hmm. the teammates in that show are very memorable, but in terms of volleyball, every piece is more of a cog than a basketball team where... You can have a star basketball player basically do all the moves and get all the points. But with volleyball, you need more team communication. Just every cog needs to work for it right, to be perfect. And I will say one thing I liked about the show was that it actually got me to understand vol- Like it do- there is some instructional stuff about volleyball, which is good for me because I know nothing about any sport, period. Um <laughs> So it's like, okay, so here's like how the game works. Here's what like all the positions are because there are positions in volleyball and they each have like a different thing and they kind of touch on the strategy and how everyone works together and that integrates into the characters themselves. Right. With this specifically, what's great about it is that they have little tiny specks of each character getting to shine. So, obviously, the main two characters is the rivalry that ends up being on the same team, which is something that you don't really see much in sports anime that much. Well, I mean, I don't know. They did that in Slam Dunk. Maybe I'm just not thinking of it that much. But the very first episode or very first chapter, if you read the manga, is the battle between Hinata and Kageyama. So it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. faded rivals, they're going to go to different schools, they're going to work hard, and they're finally going to play each other in a great match. But instead, what Haruchi ended up doing was pair them together. Which, when I first watched the anime, I was like, whoa, what? Okay. Yeah, it's like Let's... okay, this is not this isn't going exactly where I was going, but it's interesting, especially because of what they're like. And I think the difference between shows or manga like Slam Dunk, Kuroko no Basket and 
Haikyuu is that the rivals that are on the same team, they meet when they first join the basketball team. With this, there was a conflict before where mm-hmm. Hinata's first game, Kageyama saw his just drive to win even though he knew that his team wasn't going to do well and saw a competitor. And so then it subverts you to think that and then they bring it to the team. And I don't think a lot of anime or manga did that. And even though there are similar relationships in many forms of anime and manga in general, I feel like this one does it in a way that is fresh and new and Going from there, you see the testy relationship that ends up being a pretty funny friendship at the same time. And definitely, like, the best, like, combination on the court. Because they kind of go from this weird foil enemy dichotomy thing to, like, an odd couple. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Hinata is basically self-taught when it comes to volleyball. He learned from the girls team at his middle school, but like he had to basically teach himself at a lot of points, but he makes up for it with just sheer raw power and like despite his short stature, he's super fast and he can jump really high compared to Kagiyama, who is effectively a genius when it comes to volleyball, like he can basically like sharpshoot his tosses, which is kind of hard in general. <laughs> and he's literally just a very gifted athlete in general. Like when we see him join Karasuno, you know, he says he's around like five eleven, which is decent height. That's fair for yeah. high school volleyball. That's decent height, and it's he, above average for America. Yeah, but average for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's got killer serve. He's got great accuracy. He can elevate teammates to be better than they were. And that's honestly where Kageyama's journey starts. Because we learned that even though he was this genius that everybody feared off, you know, away from his middle school, all of his teammates thought of him more as a dictator. And his king of the court is more based off that. And he's trying to get the Mm -hmm. trust of teammates. And that's where his time in Karasuno becomes way more important as the season goes on especially during those last bits of episodes and it's like oh so this is where his thing comes in yeah um it's great in terms like really covering these characters we just have to nail it down who are your favorite like three characters well you know it'd be a lie if i said hinata was not one of my favorite characters You know, I obviously relate to him because he's a shorty like me, but when he gets really invested, he starts smiling. Like, at first, when you first see him struggle, he doesn't know how to react and just says, okay, let's just keep doing it and knows that's impossible. But after he has Kageyama and he takes on a huge hurdle, he ends up reveling in the challenge. And I think that's very admirable, and it shows just how much he wants to grow, and that's what's great about this anime. Other characters, gotta talk about my boy Oikawa, come on, he is literally a waifu's dream. And yet, kind of, 
he is and yet gets no gets like his teammates have no problem with taking the wind out of his sails yeah and what's great about him is his dynamic with not just his team but with Kagiyama himself especially when you learn about Oikawa and why he's kind of a dick to Kageyama. He's obviously one of my favorite characters, and if and when we explore season two of this anime, you'll see why I like him even more. Third, it's really it's really hard to pinpoint if those are my top two favorites, but if we're to pinpoint my third favorite, it's kinda of hard to choose. You know I love Tanaka. He's hilarious. He's <laughs> Just a very hilarious guy, yet intense, yet kind of a, a loser, yet it's just all the elements of a tough guy who has a heart of gold, but <laughs> it, it's great. I mean, it's, I love Nishinoya, you know, he's because he's just like full-on i was like i was waiting like i just and before i knew his name i was like man when's the shonen protagonist supposed to, the other shonen protagonist supposed to show up and he's right and it's there. like <gasps> and it's like damn he does good defense i think sugawara is a fantastic character especially uh since he has to deal with being a bench player even though he's had more experience than kageyama takes mm-hmm. you know steps aside and tries to see this guy with amazing talent grow more yet you know at the same time it's like what's really confusing about this property is people say i'm not gonna lose yet you're still on the sidelines and it's kind of hard to like say but but aren't you you know like you know like how sugar is like yeah. i'm not gonna lose in the starting i'm gonna keep working hard but you you don't start so it's just like it's confusing in that sense but it's it's interesting and i think we gotta like touch on that as a theme mm-hmm. when we go over themes here like you though massive fan of sugawara because he is like just this calm emotional center through a lot of the show and definitely like a peacemaker and then it gets really interesting when he actually does take to the court when Kageyama gets switched out because it shows like a real he acts as an excellent excellent foil to Kageyama because whereas Kageyama is like definitely had an issue where it's all about him and he just has this raw athletic ability to rely on that others can utilize Sugawara is a lot more empathetic he's a lot more of a teammate he's great at like bringing the best out of his teammates and it really nails down that last character arc for Kageyama uh, in a lot of ways that's just like excellent that he's just like a really cool dude let's be honest yeah asahi my favorite named after a beard man bun sporting cowardly lion i know is... and i love how they uh view him because to us it's like oh you know anime boy but to the everybody else outside of our world it's like this guy looks like he could be an adult he looks like a, a thug but he's that's a not grown ass man. That's a grown ass man and it doesn't help that he's like what six five no he's like uh i think he's six one because he's or six two he's the second tallest of the group 
Wait, who's the tallest? Tsukishima. Really? Yeah, he's the middle blocker. That's usually for the tall people. Yeah, that's okay. I guess that makes sense. And we can also talk about Tsukushima, okay. but he obviously yeah, he, let, he doesn't get as much shine in this season. Yeah. But I, I will I will say like Tsukushima intrigued me a lot just because he's like the closest to a hateable character. Like he does get some moments of levity where he's likable, or at least like less hateable. Uh, but definitely like see being able to see what he does is a big factor of wanting to me wanting to watch season two. And and the thing about Tsukushima. And I'm not going to spoil you, so don't worry. Mm-hmm. But with Tsukushima, I think the point of him not getting a lot of limelight is kind of his character arc. Remember when it was against Date Tech, which we're going to talk about the dub, but they said Date Tech so many times. It annoyed the shit out of me. But how Asahi was trying to talk to Tsukushima... And Tsukushima was like, well, Hinata's kind of like the sun, I'm the moon, he gets all the attention, and I'm just there to hold it until he gets there. And he kind of takes this back seat as a character for the manga, but when you watch more and look at more, mm-hmm. he shines brighter. Mm-hmm. So kind of like the moon kind of like the moon gets the shine from the sun. That's yes. clever. Yes. And apparently in Kanji or whatever show sun or i don't know the exact parts but sun is in hinata's name and moon is can be read can be written with the same character as with, yeah as Tsukushima. so it's yeah. th- there's a lot of symbolism there and like when i read bakuman which is a manga i we've talked about before you know mm-hmm. you learn about you know how manga's made language they this type of theming for character names is so important in manga so you know gotta give it credit to haruchi but you know tsukushima is interesting yamaguchi you know he's one of those guys that didn't get a lot but he will get a lot more later but he's just the kind of timid you know sidekick of tsukushima that gets shit on for being the sidekick of tsukushima it's it's like one a couple of modest moments mm-hmm. one big moment a couple of modest moments in the show but yeah definitely another interesting thing to look at once he figures out how to do the kind of trick serve that he he's learning how to do mm-hmm. now that said i will say my favorite character in this whole show is is <laughs> it's tanaka yeah i yeah. i totally understand when i was watching this i was like who's parker gonna like and then i'm watching like t- tanaka and i'm just like He's probably gonna really yeah. like Tanaka. <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's like let's face it. Like, you expect Tanaka to not be like a super like a fairly one note character, but he's like, re like he has he's pretty good amount of depth. He's a really good. You figure he's gonna be like one of the like B rank players, and you know, relative to some of the like specialized skills of the others, he's not. But he's always in their starting lineup, and that's because he doesn't have any. You know, he may not have any particular weaknesses, but he he's also very generally a very good player. So it's always like really cool to see him get those uh, spikes in because you know that he's going to get um, at least he's going to be consistent throughout the whole game. Yeah, and that's that's the key to his character. He's a strong willed, consistent player. And I think that's where reliable. Yeah, reliable, too. Yeah. 
and Tanaka obviously has a ton of energy, but he also has a lot to prove, especially when he has interactions with someone like Kageyama or, you know, the Nekuma crew when he's like city boy and, you know, mm-hmm. he, he always has that intimidating look to be like, don't underestimate us. And with that being said, there is that sense of, you know, the falling, the the clipped winged crows. And mm-hmm. I, I say well, let's try and get into, like, the themes, themes and lessons. And lessons because here, yeah. Th- that's, that's where we're going to continue. So, you know, with Karasuno, the entirety of the theme for the team is that they're trying to regain what they previously had three to four years prior to when Hanata joined. So yeah, uh, just being this like kind of almost like two gener two school generations basically. Right. So not like the not their no, no none of their contemporaries really remember these guys the the little giant the tiny giant and that stuff but definitely trying to reclaim that lost glory of being like this te- the really great volleyball team. Yeah, a team that would go to nationals and yeah. You can also see it with like Daichi, which which you know, captain of the team. You could see it with the main three, Daichi, Sugawara, and Asahi, how their goal is to get to where Karasuno was famous for. And the mm-hmm. team surrounding that really exemplifies of, you know, working hard and trying to improve every day. With Kageyama's character, his character is all about trust. Not him specifically, but his character arc is about trusting his teammates rather than trying to do everything by himself. And mm-hmm. when you see him interact with Hinata as a teammate at first, he does the famous line of, I'm go- only going to set to people that I know that can score. And right now, I know you can't score. And mm-hmm. seeing Hinata work hard and prove it, and the way he proved it, was when they're doing the spiking drills with to see Hinata try to receive every spike that Kageyama gives him. And finally, after showing that he has enough grit and determination and heart, Kageyama finally gave him that set. And we learn more and more he gives more trust and trust and trust, especially with the famous quick attack. Most definitely. I mean, I think that definitely feeds into one of, I think, probably the biggest theme of this show, which is this idea that you are part of a team. Mm -hmm. And being part of a team means that you have five other people on that court that are going to back you up no matter what. And your job is to keep them from failing and to help them shine through. And they will do the same for you in that sense. And you definitely get that through and that that very much ties in with a lot of the different character arcs that show up you get Hinata like being able to learn how to curb his inexperience you get very late game Kageyama learning to like you know be able to read his teammates better and keep you know keep emo- keep them emotionally in track you especially get it with Asahi and him trying to overcome the iron wall of Date too and what's great about it is when you see the different reactions of the teamwork happening 
and I've been to volleyball games because when I went to Belmont, I was part of the pep band. We had a women's volleyball team. And, you know, you get hype when you watch these volleyball games. And after you win a point, there is a lot of cheering. They're just, you know, bring up that energy and everything. So they brought a, a lot of the team aspect into it. And when you see Hinata learning about teamwork and learning about how he may mess up, but you got five other people that are backing you up and mm-hmm. learning that and then seeing Kakiyama realize that he can make his team even better if he just gave away his crown and became more part of the team. Yeah, it became more of a like they kind of say in the duh in the in the subversion, less of a dictator, more of a decent king, more of an actual leader, like a right. main cornerstone of the of the actual lineup on the court and helping them shine through as opposed to telling them what to do. Also, I'm going to mention this theme really quick because it's mm-hmm. It's only mentioned in, I think, episode... It was the first episode of the tournament. Not the first episode. The first match of the tournament where they played Daichi's friend's school. Mm -hmm. And you also are simultaneously introduced to the girls' volleyball team, which I'm going to let everybody know they don't get a lot of shine at all because this is obviously not their story and everything. But... It brought me back to when I played sports, like, I, you know, tennis. I did Ultimate Frisbee in college. I was a captain there. And, man, when other people on the girls' team were sad that they didn't come to practice as much or they didn't work as hard, and they're realizing that this was, like, for some people, this is their last chance playing on a great team or, like, playing with these people that you work so hard with and gained a bond and all that goes away after one game or like one moment. And the, the other theme of, I want to stay on the court longer than anybody because of that love for the sport. I felt that so much in it, especially in that episode. And that episode was when I finally was like, Oh, so it gets even deeper. Yeah, because it's like, holy shit, Like he, he loves doing this, and he is so massively excited to finally do something he loves with other people that love it just as much as he does. Mm-hmm. And seeing the emotions just from playing a sport, and how to some kids, to some adults, around the entire world, that's even happening now, to even professional mm-hmm. athletes, like, this is a real thing. And I've never really seen it explored well in an anime or in any sports manga this well. And it was just that one episode where they were like, man, I could have practiced harder. I wish I didn't skip these things. And it shows the montage of the other teams that lost that are dealing with losing. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was extremely powerful, especially at the moment. Because right around the time that I started watching this anime was when I wasn't the captain of the Ultimate Frisbee team anymore. And Mm -hmm. I graduated college. And I was like, Mm -hmm. damn. Like, I could have practiced more. I could have gotten into better shape. I could have done this. But I can't have these regrets. It's all over. 
but that doesn't mean the future can't improve. I definitely get where you're coming from there. And that like incremental improvement, that sense of competition is I think a big thing that really appealed to me throughout this show. Cause I think one thing people don't really talk about when it comes to, and it's really missed in a lot of sports properties. And it really weirds me out that that's a thing that, that, that it is missed is because competition to a certain extent is with yourself and wanting to incrementally improve that. So in my day job, I'm very involved in the sales world. I don't do sales, I recruit salespeople. But um, in sales, there is this, it's a very competitive spirit, not just to outdo the other people at your team or to outdo your competitors, but to outdo yourself. Like you're wanting to constantly get your own numbers better. There's a lot in the way of analytics, like it is very similar to sports in a lot of regards, but that wanting to improve and incrementally improve better understanding what your hangups are and kind of overcoming them um that you see through kind of that you see appearing in these different characters and their journeys is very very something that appealed to me a lot and i found very motivating i think this is where the anime sometimes can get a little overlooked until you finally are your eyes open to wow because for me personally, and we're going to dive deeper into this a little later or soon compared to other sports anime that I've watched or just sports medium in general, you don't you don't see that. You don't see the other team that loses. You don't see the reaction. You just see the streamers at the end. They Mighty Ducks won the thing or, you know, Rudy Rudy, Rudy wins the football game. And Rudy made a tackle and the entire stadium just erupted. <laughs> But you don't see that and whatever whatever Invincible was about. Right. <laughs> so you got to commend it to Haikyuu, especially for that. And, you know, the more and more I rewatch this and I've since I first watched it, I have rewatched this anime so many times. Maybe it's because I want the next part to come out, and I just it gains my competitive spirit. This made me want to play volleyball so much that I joined an intramural volleyball team for a spell, <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. And now I do beach volleyball every summer. Nice. So I didn't realize Nashville had beaches, but okay. uh, well, they they have like you know <laughs> sandy areas. I know they have sand courts. Yeah, that's that's a, so uh, the jokes the jokes you get when you live in a landlocked area. Like watching this, I definitely definitely got into where um, like I, I got fairly into it, and I could definitely see why people got into it. I wasn't initially wanting to kind of get into the next. Maybe I was kind of like thinking, about, okay, I can hold off until the next season. Or I can hold off for a while before I watch the next season, especially with the sheer amount that's coming out here in March. But then I went online and I ended up finding some videos mm-hmm. that feature the Haikyuu English dub. <laughs> Why did you not tell me that? So, so you specifically told me to watch the Japanese dub. Yes. Uh, for this, because you said that the English dub was bad. Or at least not. Okay, good. so first off, thank you. First off, I do rec- I do thank you for the recommendation because it is very refreshing to watch the um, a full season of a Japanese anime with the Japanese language on. But that said, how dare you keep this English dub away from me, Dominic? 
it is hilarious. But it is so utterly brotastic. Uh, yes. Okay, so this is all I'm going to say. So the reason I really wanted to have you watch with the Japanese dub or English sub, as some people would like to say it, is because that's how I initially watched it. And, you know, when I initially heard what the dub sounded like, I was just like, these are the actors you chose to portray one of my favorite anime. And and I will say, Shoyu has a... Really... I, I was not expecting the voice Shoyu would have. Right. To, to have his voice. But if you hear all the other people, it's a lot of, like, bro voices. And Tanaka's... <laughs> Is... Tanaka's voice actor in the English dub is hilarious. Like, yes. No, like, like, the, like, there are so many videos on YouTube of the <laughs> the high duh English dub deserves rights or it gives um, me life or <laughs> gives me life that I live live in my brain rent free because they're very funny and like granted I kind of watched these outside of the context they were in. Mm-hmm. And I will say it's not ghost stories level of comedy. Like this is like oh, they're right. not like riffing on the show itself, but they definitely give the characters much more of a comedic edge, mm-hmm. which I like because um, how one it makes they're almost kind of overacting with these characters, but these are very expressive, very larger than fairly larger than life characters. And so it kind of comes back around to being very authentic of kind of this group of guys that are on a team and they get serious about it, but they also pal around with each other. Right. So for context, everybody, so I told Parker to watch the sub, well, Japanese sub. I, because I never watched it completely through, I decided to watch the English dub for the full season, something I never did, and it was easier for me to watch it because I've watched it all before and I, you know, listening to it while doing some of my notes, doing some of the things made it a lot easier for me rather than to be like, what does he say here again? Look at the translation line and everything. So chop, chop man bun. (laughs) Like you said, it is a lot more comedic, more bro ness to it, but Kenma's voice actor is awful. I no offense to those guys. It just didn't doesn't fit for me. Some of the some of the voices for these characters don't really fit for me. Like when you hear Daichi's voice in the anime, in the dub, it's like commanding and powerful. And in the English dub, it's like cool and like what's what's up guys? We could do this together. When you have someone like Daichi in the Japanese dub, it's like commanding and strong and this one's not and Nishinoya's is just so like hi look at me I'm Nishinoya it's just like ah no and then the worst one which you don't get to hear him talk but Aone from Date Tech the big white haired middle blocker the scary dude with scary the... dude so and I, 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 I kid you not so you would think he has a deep voice right or like a grown-ass man kind of voice or like intimidating voice i like i I think i think i could voice him pretty well yeah well he has 
He's probably like, the beer, probably the 8.7 beer talking he, beer. He is around this register and says, number 10! And it's like, no! That's not what she should sound like. But Oikawa's voice actor, 10 out of 10. And Tanaka's. Nice. I gotta give them that. Yeah. So, but, I mean, if you enjoy the English dub, guys, obviously, good for you. I just prefer the rawness of the Japanese dub, like some people would. But, you know, if you like it, go for it. Real quick, uh, we didn't really talk about... I, I kind of talked about one of my favorite themes, which was the sense of, like, this is the last chance you have and everything. That moment. What what was your favorite lesson or theme from the anime? I got to say, it's the, definitely the incremental improvement thing. Gotcha. I think it's definitely my big... Definitely my big thing there. Damn, what's, like, a good... I think a good other theme... Or maybe, like, a good, like... I like Asahi's arc in general mm-hmm. quite a bit. I mean, I definitely already spoke about the Kagiyama and Shigoya's little thing there towards the end, but mm-hmm. I think that um, Asahi is like I generally enjoy his arcs because it's him about kind of getting over his fear of his apprehension of failure and disappointment and disappointment, and it's like. I relate to this in a lot of ways. And to see him, like, kind of... Because he does, like, super see... Eventually break through the iron wall. Of Date Himself. Of Date... Of Date Tech. No! Um, Date Tech, you <laughs> bastard! But the, the main thing that he learns is that he is not alone when he's taking them on when he's on the court he's you know like we keep, I mean, we keep saying it because it's such a big thing with like it's such a great umbrella umbrella theme that all these characters can kind of tie into and their arcs can tie into right um and i also love it every time he gets one in through the pipe hell yeah because it's like because i see that because it's like freaking Tanaka will like looks like he's about to spike it and then Hinata really looks he's gonna spike it and then like it goes back down the court and he just smashes it from the other side and it's like (gasps) awesome yeah Yeah, no it's uh I will say I I, it's it's super cool and I mean we haven't even talked about the animation which is stunning by the way (laughs) for for a sports anime for just an anime in general extremely yeah. detailed raw especially for those big moments when you're about to spike and they show the animation or the close-up of the spiker or setter making the sets and spikes it has like this kind of raw art style to it or like when oikawa Very did thick. it yes or like uh thick lines in it like when kageyama and oikawa do their first like jump serves in the anime where it shows kind of that like very yeah like you said thick lines kind of feudal japan looking art style which makes it look very dynamic very um like it's bringing in like a ton of power a lot of like movement and it's just like damn that look like you feel the impact with some of these spikes it's like and it's like really brings you into the, how visceral this is. Totally agree. Before we just 
talk about some other quick things that are favorite stuff. I want to talk about other sports anime in general compared to this. Parker, I don't know how much you've watched sports anime before. Uh, I've probably watched way more because, you know, I like sports and, you know, sports anime is a form of anime that I actually do really like and explore a lot. The closest the closest I've gotten is watching the Kokoro no Basket abridged. Good on you, man. That, that's that's, that's, that's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> so, um, and for, and fifty uh, percent off. I love fifty percent off. Oh, okay, okay. Which oh. is the which is the abridged version of free. Gotcha. I don't think I would ever. I don't think after watching fifty percent off, I don't think I would ever watch free. But um, so I guess I'm this gonna is... shut up. I'm gonna shut up. You know, like this... what? So how does this stack up with other sports anime? So, I'm gonna give some context on my sports anime background because obviously there are more people that have watched more sports anime than I have. But in terms of sports anime, I have watched The Prince of Tennis, which I don't recommend. <laughs> no offense. Wow, really? That was the well. To be honest, Prince of Tennis was the first sports manga that I got into. Makes sense. I mean, you did tennis. And but and, what, and but it, it watching it now compared time. to the others that I have watched, it is kind of the worst one. Interesting. Um, but in in well, terms of well, many things, but interesting. So I, Prince of Tennis, Haikyuu, obviously, Slam Dunk, which was probably the first major sports influence manga that made a huge impact for Japan. OG, like that's like the Dragon Ball Z of sports manga. Right. Uh, I have watched Yuri on Ice. Uh, I have watched. I mean, don't laugh. Like Yuri on Ice is supposed to be like really good. It's it's good. It's good. It's got its moments for the dub. Kuroko no Basuke, obviously, this manga, manga and anime called Whistle. There was this other soccer one that I watched. I shield. I shield twenty one. I did read that one. I read that okay. one. Okay. So I've watched my, my good fair share of sports, manga, and anime. Um, so what this has that those don't is the great character moments that I don't really see in those others. And in terms, and especially in terms of an ensemble cast, I feel like the lessons in this relate more to the readers that he was going for at the time especially for high school because with a lot of sports anime these characters look like freaking adults that are in high school or in Prince of Tennis's case middle schoolers <laughs> which is annoying with high key tennis for middle school yes that Jesus. is a it is, those are middle school players they're not high Jesus. school Jesus I know okay. Oh, when I first well, like, I mean, if we're if we're talking about this, I just got to say, the teacher, Yukai? like their teacher sponsor for the or, club. Oh, Takeda. he looks younger. He looks younger than at least the third years. Yeah, I'm not the only one that sees that, right? Okay, so that that guy is freaking young looking. So what I think that this anime and manga does is that it gives realistic character designs. First off, like, well, I mean, I would say definitely like very grounded mm-hmm. we're gonna touch on character designs real quick they're very grounded and i will uh i think like tanaka and no yo i think have probably the most cartoony designs mm-hmm. i agree 
but you're right everyone else looks pretty grounded and they all have unique character designs which is really hard for a show with this many goddamn characters right and what this succeeds that others don't is the slice of life sign which we, we talked about a little at the beginning, but like I said, this is a sports anime that, and sports anime have really meshed well with shonen anime because you know rivals, you know conquering they, the the tough contender, training. It has all the perfect and even very much tournament arcs. Very much appeals to very much appeals to boys. Yeah, which you know shonen is a shonen means boys. So. So manga oriented towards boys, but yeah, you're right. It's very much in- involved. But to me, what really makes this above that is its slice of life aspect and its relatability to people that have gone through this in terms of being an athlete or someone who has loved something so much that it's taken away from you or realizing that someone who has a lot of raw potential can overtake you or be better than you even though you've worked hard and maybe you're not as gifted as that person or having the insecurities of man I was I'm usually this reliable source of inspiration I'm usually their go-to guy and I failed and I don't no one's blaming me but it's obviously my fault or just giving the confidence to hit some hit that spike the confidence of yeah this guy totally obliterated me but i'm gonna show him that i can do my best that i'm going to succeed or with kageyama i'm going to become the best setter but not just that i'm gonna learn how to become a great teammate i think that's what sets it apart from other sports manga and sports anime because it does that in a way that I haven't really seen before and I think the quote that really gets me for season one is when Izumi uh, Oikawa's teammate during the flashback when he was about to hit Kageyama it's like don't you get it the six best teammates win volleyball not the one player and I was just like, okay. That is a fucking thesis statement. Yes. It's not the Oikawa show. It's not the Kageyama show. It's not the Shoyo show. It's it's, it's a little bit of the Shoyo show, but it is definitely like a show about all of these volleyball players Mm -hmm. and the sport that they love. Right. And I think that's what succeeds that some of these other good to great sports anime can't because i i like kuroko no basket i love slam dunk whistle was good prince of tennis i may not like it now but you know when i was middle school going to high school that was one of my favorite properties of sport manga and now having a, a brand new set of eyes to a different type of sport that i wasn't used to and then seeing it evolve into something way bigger than I thought I could have ever seen surface level just makes this experience so much better that's why I really love it I'll say this it's probably my top five favorite anime like for this reason because I think it meshes well 
to the stuff that I do like, which is action. It's got the comedy. It's got amazing animation, great characters. And then it brings it to the sports aspect, which meshes well. But then you get the relatability. You get the slice of life. You get the feels. You connect with these characters in a much deeper level than some other sports manga and sports anime. And you're like, crap, I'm invested. I want more. Very much the case, especially for me. Like, I was definitely like, okay, when I finish this show, when I finish the season, even though it was, you know, 25 episodes, I was like, okay, I'm in. I can definitely watch more of this. Uh, And then once I started seeing the English dub, then I was like, I'm definitely going to watch this sooner because now I don't, I know I don't have to read the, I don't have to read the show. So Dominic, what would you say are your like favorite match and then favorite moment or favorite like couple of moments in the first series in this first season? Yes. Yes. So obviously the Seijo match, uh, the second one, not the first one. But the second one, where the first official match, is a lot of fun. It's the one that gets the most time. It's the one that gets the most buildup. But it's got really great moments. You see Kageyama struggling. You see Sugawara come in to take over. You see Tanaka's kind of moment of like, I messed up. I shouldn't have messed up. You guys believe me. I'm going to make it count. Has that moment. You kind of see the trust that Kageyama is going to give to his teammates and see the growth there. Oikawa consistently finding fear because fear is what really is shown with Oikawa's character when he sees the amazing feats that Kageyama and Hinata are doing or that Karasuno is doing. The fear of, is my best just not good enough? And I thought it was portrayed very well. In terms of favorite moments and scenes, one of my favorite moments is Asahi finally beating the Iron Wall, obviously, of Daze Tech. Mm-hmm. I loved, loved the setup for when Kageyama did the dump against Seijo. Where it's like, oh, they're going to give it to Hinata. Wait, it's going to be Tanaka. Wait, it's going to be Asahi. And they just the dump. And then you see all the facial reactions. And they're just like... And then, and then it's just like... It's almost like Kageyama just going to go slowly gives the middle finger. And it's yeah. hilarious. It's like, oh, hey. By the way, I'm going to do that again. You and, better pay attention. And also, when it seems like the ball is going to go to Seijo's side... And Kageyama reaches for it, gently taps the ball for Hinata to get that spike through. That's a great moment. And obviously, like, even though they lost against Seijo, mm-hmm. that lasting moment where the ball hits the ground in Seijo, and you get this sinking feeling of, like, oh, no. Like, and this was the first time I watched an anime where the the team lost because with Prince of Tennis, guess what? The team never lost an official match. Like they won every match. And it wasn't until I read like slam dunk. There was, you know, a few losses here and there like Kuroko no basket. There's a moment that happens, but in Haikyuu, there's a lot of 
losses they, they address it yeah a lot in this anime which i think is very refreshing because think oh you got these hotshot players then they take on nekoma can't handle it they barely get passed through date tech and then they finally get outclassed after they get all this momentum so yeah it's definitely a thing where you feel like they are a really good team and you can root for them but they still have a long way to go which is like like that's the story of the shit. That's the story of at least the most of the first, and I'm expecting to be the second season. Right. Um, and it's very in, on point in that regard. Um, I'll say that I think my favorite match was Date Tech, hmm. and here's why: uh, this the runner-up would have been Nekuma, because um, I love the Nekuma te- the Nekuma team. But I think Date Tech hits me because. I knew going into this that we, like, we know what they're all about. They're all about that iron wall. They're all about kind of that not just blocking, but f- using that to frustrate the other team. Mm-hmm. And you f- feel that frustration. Like you've like, like, cause you know, I went to, I went to a school that was super into football and you definitely have those uh, games where you're like really frustrated by the, the opposite team's def- defense. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, this is going to be a slog of a game. And that was very, that was like the most integral connection I had between a sports property and a sports um, to an actual sport. To the feeling I got when I watched an actual sports game. Um, so that kind of level of authenticity definitely appealed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and it's also like the big moment to shine for Asahi, which I was like, Yes, I think my favorite moment was kind of like what you said during the uh, Jose match when Segura Suguar he had the number up to replace Ooh. Kageyama and I was like oh this is going to be interesting and then just that whole thing of him playing which because he hadn't really played in an official game yet and I was like this is going to be really interesting and it was and I loved it but I think my like my favorite moment moment I would probably say it's when you figure out that the short dyed haired kid with the Nekuma is actually kind of a genius. And it's like, Ooh. okay. Cause yeah, that's, that's the point where you figure out that, okay. So it's not just like with how it is with the Ikigumi, the guy from Jose, who's like a really good player. It's not just like a thing where there are other really smart play. You mean like just people with a really, Oikawa, yeah. yeah. The thing with Oikawa where it's just like, okay, so their team is just going to have like really strong players. It's where, okay, the other teams are t- also really good teams and they have their own dynamics. And I was like, that is awesome. Right. And we didn't really talk about Nekoma that much, but uh, if we do visit Season 2, there's a lot of Nekoma in Season 2. So yes. if you love those characters, then you'll like that. I was going to be curious if you liked Nekoma or at least Kenma as a character a lot, because I feel like you and him aren't, like, the same, but I'm just saying, like, you have some similar tendencies. Not in terms of I attitude, though. I, I, I feel seen, but I can definitely get where you're coming from. There. You're definitely more talkative than he is. I'll, I'll say that. And after this beer, I am. Um, <laughs> one of my other favorite scene is when they unfurl the, when they unfurl the banner. Oh and it man! Just says fly, and then she's and it says like, fly. "Do your and it's best." Like, oh, it's like, oh shit, that's awesome. 
Shemizu. It's like, it's like, oh, that was cool. I will say that was like probably my, like if we're talking about one moment, not just like a moment that means anything else, one moment in it's in singularity. It's that one. Cause I was just like, that is awesome. But yeah. So I mean, Dominic, I got to ask, we got to go, we got to wrap it up at this point, but what is your final thoughts brew for Haikyuu season one? Oof. So this is going to be hard, but because we love talking about it, I want something that's strong. So I'm going to go with a boozy porter, a strong, say ironish, <laughs> the iron wall of Date Tech Porter. So hints of uh, just a, a very strong, like probably like nine to ten alcohol by volume stout. No, I can't really think of much flavor profiles, but it's definitely a thick porter. I am also going to go with a stout, but I am actually wanting it to be pretty sessionable, pretty crushable. Mm-hmm. I will say one thing I like about sports culture that we really don't get into that I probably need to get more into is the beer, the drinking side of it. The only side that may actually be, that I, that might be my entry point. <laughs> but you know, I I like lagers, but I don't like American lagers. I don't like the the urine lagers. That's at a lot of sports things. Mm-hmm. But I do like my European stouts, and I think I want to go with a dry Irish style stout. Oh. I'm gonna call it the clipped wing crow stout gonna have it kind of be at that 4.5 alcohol by volume gonna kind of have it be that nice very drinkable like you can sit through a uh, volleyball game and have like three of them wow probably not three of them but you know sit through like a volleyball tournament and have like five of them awesome those are some great beers and guys haikyuu season one if you've seen it like i've seen it like parker i've seen it Let us know what you think in the comments below. You're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, CastBox, iHeartMedia, etc., etc. Please support us on any platform that you are listening to us on. We'd really appreciate it. Follow us. Give a rating and review. Everything helps. Social media. Facebook.com forward slash Craft Tunes. Everything's there. We post the podcast episodes, articles, the shindig. News. Yes, news. Posted a really cool thing from uh, DreamWorks for International Women's Day the other day. Definitely check that out. Hell yeah. Instagram, at Craft Brews Tunes Pod, pictures of our beers, also podcast episodes, the like, you know, our untapped app to see our beer journey, Craft Brews Tunes is the username. Obviously, check us out there. For me personally, it's at Dominic Molnar for Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And D Molnar for the Untapped app. You can follow me on Untapped as par underscore quad. You can reach us at email directly at domandparkproductions at gmail.com. Parker, what are we looking at next week? Well, Dominic, it's the end of March, which means it's WrestleMania. Woo! And we're celebrating the greatest event in sports entertainment with another set of WWE Hanna-Barbera crossovers. 
This time, it's the Flintstones and WWE Stone Age Smackdown and the Jetsons and WWE Robo WrestleMania. It's a rumble from the past to the future, so definitely don't miss it. Heck yeah. Any last words for our viewers, Parker? Fly. Also, chop chop man bun. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a good night. (laughs)